Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Well, I think uh, let's, let's start then with a, with a video, um, Izan. We're going to watch a video. It's a short video, not very long. Pastor um, Philip Borsov of Pretoria is just sharing um, about gospel matters. And uh, then afterwards, uh, like I said, it's, I think it's 22 or 23 minutes, so it's, it's quite short. And then afterwards, we'll just have a, another uh, discussion and, and maybe pray together. And, um, and, and, and then we're done. I'm, I'm sure you're going to enjoy the, the video. Please do excuse it's with, with um, Zoom. You know, whenever you, you use video stuff, uh, you know, the image might not be completely smooth. But I, I, I think the, the audio and the video will be good enough that you'll be able to follow quite easily. Don't, don't let it distract you if, if it's a, a little bit jerky on your side. Hello. Let's just mute ourselves again. Thank you so much for joining us today for this online message. I hope, I know that the word of God today will enrich you, will strengthen you, that you will be built up in your faith as we spend time studying the word and praying together. It's an incredible privilege to be able to share with you, to bring this message to you today here from Pretoria. And I know I speak on behalf of the whole of our apostolic leadership, if I say right at the start how incredibly proud I am, we are, of our church, of you, of the way in which in these last six months or so, as we've gone through these significant changes, as our whole world has been turned upside down by COVID and all of the regulations and the changes around and all across the world, how you have continued to remain faithful to the call of God upon your life. How you've continued to serve, to pray, to seek his faith, to hold on to the promises of Jesus and to be the church. Whether our churches who have embarked on food programs and just done fantastically well with that, just made a difference in their communities. Other churches who've hired trucks and have taken worship to the streets in their cities. Our churches in Burundi who just remain true and faithful to the call of God upon their lives. Our churches in Europe, we came together for the Planted Conference to be strengthened and grow in the faith. How each and every one of us have just continued to remain true to that which we believe God has called us to do. We're proud of you. Thank you for your faithfulness to the gospel. A couple of weeks ago, Andres van Amava shared with us around a passion for Jesus, just simply being passionate for him to know Him, to draw close to Him, to live passionately for Him. Today I'd love us to continue around that same theme. Before we go any further, may I ask that we bow our heads together in prayer, commit our time to Jesus. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for Your Word, that it's Your Word which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so today we pray, would You cause Your Word to speak to our spirits? Would you cause your word to uplift us, to strengthen us, to draw us closer to Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you reveal Jesus to us? Would you give us understanding, insight into your word in Jesus' name? Amen. Over the, the last few months, our lives, our churches specifically, in the context that we're speaking about today, have been a little bit like the computer that was shut down. And then you turn it back on and you get this message Windows is downloading updates. And then just as you think it's finished, Windows is installing updates. 
the most inconvenient of times. And perhaps lockdown came in a similar situation for you in the most inconvenient of times. Just as you were about to get going, just as you were about to embark on a new project, on a, a new direction in your life. Lockdown put pause to all of that. Lockdown slowed it down. Lockdown forced a reboot. And so as our lives, as our churches are rebooting, even the last few months, our churches have largely gone to shutdown. We've been privileged that technology allows us to do this type of message. Many of our churches and our pastors have excelled in doing that. Our small groups have been able largely to continue to meet over Zoom or WhatsApp or of some sorts, which I'm sure you'll agree isn't quite the same as just being together. But so much of our other ministry, whether it be our, our encounter series or our Bible school in many of our congregations, our other ministries that we do have just been this big pause button. And now as we reboot, now as we restart, we're realizing that this software download has changed some things. Our life has changed. The way in which we're conducting our lives have changed. I'm sure for those of us who are parents, we have realized that schooling has changed. We hope a part of us, I'm sure, I so long for the day that my kids can just go to school as normal and the rhythm of life can return to normal. But I'm also aware that the rhythm of life going forward might not look the same as the rhythm of life that it did in the past. And so as we reboot, as the computer is turned on, maybe we think that that icon which has always been in that same place, so easily accessible, the one we use all the time, it's not that it's just moves. I can't find it. This operating system I'm on now, this new version of it, it looks different, it feels different, it works different, and it's going to take a bit of time to get used to it. And so as our lives are rebooting, as we're restarting in this post-lockdown phase, or here in South Africa in lockdown one, and hopefully going into zero lockdown in the coming few weeks or months, I want us to think about being deliberate about rebooting. Being deliberate about restarting, being deliberate about realigning the elements of our lives for those things that really matter. I found myself in the lockdown period wrestling with this question, what is it that I really believe in? Do I really believe it? What are the things that matter? There are so many very important things all across the world that matter. The abundance of social justice issues that matter because there is so much social injustice around. And as Christians, we should be right at the front carrying the message of justice because righteousness and justice are the foundations of Jesus' throne. And so as we wrestle with these questions, I've been wrestling with this question around what really, really matters. Of all of these social causes, I'm drawn by the Apostle Paul in, in 1 Corinthians. I'd love us to read this passage together, a passage which we know relatively well. We quote it often as believers. We say it often. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. This message of the cross is foolish to the world. It is foolish. And I wonder if, if we really believe, I'm challenged by this question, do I honestly believe the message of the cross? This message that the God of the universe, the creator God, 
who looked at the downfall and the destruction of man, the path that we were on, looked upon us and said, I will send my only son who sent him to be born of a virgin so he could be the one true God-man, 100% God and 100% man, who came and dwelt amongst us and then he gave his life. The message of the cross, he was crucified. But not only did he die, he died for your sin, he died for my sin, he died for our redemption. And then he rose from the grave. He defeated the power of death so that you and I could be free from the punishment of death for all of eternity. And then he ascended to heaven where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. This message of the cross is foolishness. It's stupidity. This message of the cross doesn't make sense. But to us who are being saved, who have had a glimpse of the message of the cross, we know it is the power of the living God. I believe it is C.S. Lewis who said that Christianity, if true, is of infinite importance. If false, is of zero importance. The only thing that Christianity cannot be is of moderate importance. This message of the cross is either the single most important message in all of the universe, or it's not important at all. The one thing it cannot be is partially important, somewhat important, sort of mid-range in our importance barometer. It's either right at the top or right at the bottom. And if we believe it, and I believe today that you do, as you are watching this, I believe that you hold on to the message of the cross. My invitation, my encouragement for us today is as we reboot our lives, as we recenter, as our lives get going again, we're going back to work for those who are traveling to work. I know some of you, like our medical staff, have been doing phenomenal work throughout the lockdown period, haven't had a break. I know some people who've just for six months, virtually every single day have been going to work. We want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the way that you continue to serve. But for the rest of us, as our, as our lives reboot, and for those of you who've been working so hard, even as you stop and you recenter your life, my encouragement, my invitation to you today is let us stop and recenter with Jesus and the message of the cross right in the middle. There's this beautiful passage I'd love for us to read together from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 44 to verse 46. Once again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus speaking, and he, he says to us, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. And so as our, as our lives reboot, I wonder if we have discovered this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God, this kingdom which is worth more than everything else, so much so that I'm willing to sell everything that I own to go and buy the field that has this kingdom in it. Are you and I, as we reboot our lives, willing to say, Jesus, the message of the cross is more important than my comfort. It's more important than my career. It's more important than my finances. 
all of those elements are, are so important. At least the career, it's important. If you're doing what God has called you to do, that is important. One of my favorite quotes simply says, whatever God has called you to do, do it as if God has called you to do it. Embrace it. Run with it. Your career is not unimportant. Your financial stewardship is not unimportant. But is the gospel more important? Are you willing to make yourself uncomfortable? Are you willing to say, my career, as much as I believe God has called me to do this, is not as important as the message of the cross? If it costs me my career to proclaim the message of the cross, that is a small price to pay. If I have to change careers to put the message of the cross right at the center, God, I am willing to do that. That this message of the cross, which is foolishness to the whole of the rest of the world, to me, it is the power of God. And I will embrace it. I will hold on to it. I will live for it. I will make it the center of all I am and all I do. Is it important to you that your neighbors hear the gospel message? Is it important to you that your community hears the gospel message? Is it important to you that the nations hear the gospel message? I love that as a church, we have always had this strong missions drive, this drive towards the nations. And I want to implore you, I want to pray, I want to say, please, as we reboot, what if we all put that right back at the center of everything we are and everything we do? Jesus said it so beautifully in Matthew chapter 28, and I don't think he's revised that for us yet, where he said, go into all the world and make disciples. All the world includes across the aisle. All the world includes across the road. All the world includes the block next door to your block. It also includes the other continents. It also includes the other nations and the ends of the earth. And let's embrace the fullness of making disciples wherever our feet could possibly carry us. And so as we reboot, let us reboot with Jesus, the message of the cross at the center. Let us reboot with a prayer in our hearts saying, Jesus, I want to live for this. Perhaps you're listening to this message and you're saying, Philip, I, I don't know that I've discovered this kingdom which is worth so much, this pearl of great price that I've sold everything else to go and buy the field that I might have that pearl. The great news for you today, the encouraging news is none of us can fabricate it. You cannot make it happen in your life. I cannot make it happen in your life. But simply beginning to engage with the gospel, you will discover that kingdom. Simply praying a prayer saying, Jesus, I want to discover this kingdom which is worth more than the choicest of garments and of rubies and of stones and of wealth on this earth. This kingdom of knowing you, Jesus, I want to engage with that. Simply beginning to pray that Jesus will work that in your heart. And so our message for us today is a simple message. It's a short message. But I hope and pray it is a message that will help us just to redefine our lives, to recenter our lives, to replan our lives. I want to close with this last passage also from the Apostle Paul in Corinthians. We read that first verse here. We read verse 18. I want us to read the rest of this. And as we read it, I pray that the Holy Spirit will breathe it over our spirits that he will send us from listening to this message today. Just encourage a little bit more to live with him, 
with faith stirring in our hearts saying, Jesus, I can and I want to live for the gospel message. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 18. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God, in his wisdom, saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say, it's all nonsense. See, the religious group and the intellectual group, when we confront it simply with the message of the cross, it seems to not be enough. The religious group, we're looking for a sign. We're looking for something more than the message of the cross. This, this message can't be enough on the one hand. And on the other hand, that what's called here the Greeks, it's the intelligent, it's the intellectual. No, no, but science cannot understand it. Science cannot rationalize this. Except history and science teaches us that Jesus did rise from the grave. And we cannot explain that scientifically this is true. But that is why it is a supernatural occurrence from a creator God who make it possible to rise from the dead. Who can redeem all of our eternities. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, can we just take a moment and remind ourselves there, whether we come from the religious background, whether we come from the intellectual background, those we're ministering to, whether in the, in the intellectual crowd or whether in the religious crowd, all of them can be called to salvation by God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. And so as we close this message today, that is my invitation to us. That if we are to boast about anything, if we have to proclaim anything, if we are to live for anything, let it be the message of the gospel. A couple of weeks ago when Andre shared with us, he spoke about being different, daring to be different, willing to be different for Jesus. 
Let us embrace that call. Let us heed that call. Let us say, my life should look different, will look different, because I'm not of this world, even though I'm in this world. I am sent into this world to lead them to Christ, to demonstrate Christ, to love them, to care for them, to show them truth, to show them purity, to show them Jesus. Just a few chapters after what we read in 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 4, Paul says, our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. Our dedication to Christ makes us look foolish. Our dedication to Christ, your dedication to Christ. My prayer is that that would be true for us. That as shofar, as a family of faith, that our dedication to Christ would make us look like fools. That we would be willing to lay it all out there. We would be willing to sell everything we have to buy that field with a pearl of great price. Because he is worth it. Because knowing Jesus is worth it. Because following him is worth it. And because this gospel matters. Can we pray together as we close? Lord Jesus, we're so thankful today for your word. We're thankful that it's your word that shapes and changes and transforms our lives. It's your word which has directed saints throughout the ages. And so as we just come again today and we kneel before your word, we bow before your word, we ask your word to invigorate and to strengthen us, Lord. We pray that we may grow in faith, that we may grow in our dedication to Christ, that we may grow in our knowledge of Christ. Father, I pray for every single person who has heard this message today, that our love for the message of the gospel may only increase, that our understanding of the power of the message of the cross would only grow, that we would be more bold for you, Jesus, to proclaim the message, that we would be more wise in our application of it, Lord. that we may speak it appropriately in all of the various contexts we find ourselves, but that it may demonstrate itself as the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. Father, if there's anybody this morning who's listening to this message who does not know you as yet, right now I pray that they may have a revelation of the gospel message, that they would put their faith in you, Jesus, that they would choose to follow you, and they too would see the foolishness of this world being wiser than the wisdom of this world, Lord. That this foolishness of Christ would be more than enough for them. And so, Jesus, we honor you, we thank you, we bless you for this time that we've been able to spend together. And I pray, God, that you, as you always have, would continue to build your church and that we would know the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sitting through this message. My prayer for you in this week, may you go out and live boldly for Jesus. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to ask um, each of us in a, in a, in a moment just to, to mention just very briefly what, uh, what stood out to you from the message and, and what really touched you from the message. Um, but I think it's a, it's a very simple message um, that, uh, you know, if, if I can summarize what, what Philip was saying, that um, as, as we um, reboot, let us make sure that it's with 
Jesus and the message of the cross at the center. Okay, so I'm going to ask um, each of you just to very quickly just just tell us, you know, share with us what what stood out and what touched you most um, from this message. Uh, Lillian, you you're the the oldest and the wisest of us, so so maybe you can start. Well, um, what he said was basically what I've always done. No matter what I've learned, no matter where the Lord has sent me, no matter who I've prayed for, who I've helped, I go back to my foundation, and that is the cross. When I speak to people, I first locate where they're at. And if I see they're not really born again, I ask them, do you want to rededicate your life? And then I minister to them and pray with them. I never tell them, but you're not born again, because they haven't really made a proper commitment. And if they've made a commitment and they've backslid, then I just love them and share the gospel with them again. So I found that very exciting. Amen. Cool. I agreed with everything on the video. Cool. Thanks, Lillian. Appreciate it. Sarah, from your side, what, what, uh, what stood out to you most? Um, yeah, I would, what stood out to me was when he spoke about Matthew 13 and when he said, um, when he asked, is it important to you that the people around you hear the message and have an encounter with God? And um, yeah, I, I just feel like it's, it's all of our responsibilities to spread the gospel. And I feel like we all do have our callings, but the Christian calling, if I could call it that, is to get people through the work of the Holy Spirit um, to encounter God and also to remind ourselves of the cross by doing that and then bringing people to the cross. So um, I feel like it it was almost like a challenge (laughs) um, because it is a challenge every day to try and have godly conversations and to allow God to be in conversations. Um, Yeah, I think that's something that I always strive for and it's not always the easiest thing. <laughs> Amen. Good. Thanks. Izan, from your side, what's it out to you? Well, I'm just happy again to hear that it's okay that God uses the foolish. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy again about that. Um, yeah, I think, but as, as far, yes, I am happy about that, but at the same time, it's just a reminder that the simplest, the simplest things um, can point to God. It's not the the, the mm-hmm. best sermon, the most eloquent speech, or any, anything like that. I mean, I'm just I'm challenged by my little children and how they show me uh, things of God in in the simple ways that they ask a question or just make a statement that's just it's it just is what it is there's nothing i can't question it i can't go near i just go yes you're absolutely right (laughs) um so i think that just it reminds me again that it um that god's very happy to use us in our very brokenness and whatever um to carry his word and to give it um, to other people, to share with other people with wherever we're at in the process of growing 
to become more like Christ. We don't have to be at a certain level for God to use us. We can, we can still be our very foolishness and our very simple state, and we can make impact. Amen. Herman? So you're still muted? Sorry, I've been using this for six months and I still mute myself. Um, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, so I, I think just that, that parable of um, of the pearl or, and the other ones mm-hmm. where you're willing to sell everything if you really find something that's very wor- um, worthwhile or very valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think with that is the willingness to get rid of all those other important things that's not the utmost important. Um, and as I listen to Philip, I think his life and, and your life is also a good example of that, of leaving behind careers and things and and sort of um, going into the ministry and focus on the kingdom. Um, and related to that is also just that quote of C.S. Lewis, where he see, says that mm-hmm. either it's of utmost importance or no importance. Um, and I think that also relates. So Philip also made me just think about that is um, if Christianity is true, it would have been foolish for him not to give everything for the kingdom and if it wasn't it would also be foolish not to pursue it his initial plans of a normal life hmm. yeah no I, I i agree with that 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 also really stood out to me yeah and, and um you know so often we we treat our, our our life response to christianity and to the gospel makes it look only moderately important but like c.s lewis said you know if, Christ, if Christianity is true, it's, it's of ultimate importance. If it's not true, it's of no importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And, um, yeah, those words, um, you know, in, in both the parables, the, the parable of the, the, the treasure, the, the pearl of great price and so on, um, the words that are, are repeated um, are those, um, where was that, Matthew 13, and he sold everything. Those are the, are the words that, that appear. I mean, it's in, in, in all those little parables that appear. He sold everything. Uh, and it, it connects to what Izan was also saying about being sold out to the gospel. And I think that's, that's what it means, you know, selling everything else, not trusting in everything, anything else, um, means that we, we basically give up everything else that we trust in to trust fully in the, in the gospel and to trust to, you know, give up whatever it takes to, to enter the kingdom. And then Dewalt for you. Um, okay, it, it was I, I like how Philip makes things practical, uh, how he, he uses the the example of the computer and how it's updating at the beginning, and you 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 don't always know what's happening, but when you get on a computer and you start finding things again, then. Yeah, it becomes it becomes uh, easier again to to navigate through things, and then I think the second thing that just stood out to me a little bit was that last part. If you want to boast, boast in the Lord, um, because I think it's so easy for us to to start boasting in ourselves and just uh, fuel that that pridefulness, even even unknowingly, um, just say, "But yo, I did this or I did that," and just coming back to but always when you want to boast, boast in the Lord because everything comes from God and you ultimately do everything to the glory of God. 
So that Amen. was quite cool for me. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, just, just quickly, um, before I ask my last question, um, what are what are the things that typically hold people back from responding fully to the gospel, being sold out to the gospel? What what are the typical reasons why? Because and, and and I think there are many reasons. But what are the typical reasons? Many of them, obviously, Philip mentioned in his in his message. But what are the typical reasons why people are not sold out to the gospel? Why even many Christians are not fully sold out to the gospel? What would you say? Maybe each um, one can can grab it, uh, gra- uh, take an opportunity to to share one one reason. Uh, Devil, you can start for us. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we spoke about it in Testimony Tuesday today, which was quite cool. And John, the pastor from Polokwane, just said, but we we are so scared of getting rejected um, that we, we would rather not pray for someone than pray for them and it doesn't work out. So I just, I think that fear of rejection is a typical reason why we just abandon the whole thing. And, and if we see someone in need, we just avoid them in a sense. Okay, so fear of rejection or, or, or failure. Um, yes. Next. I would say, in a sense, shame or guilt. Um, I feel like people feel so condemned. And instead of just repenting and asking for forgiveness, they carry this heavy burden on themselves. And then they tell themselves that they're not good enough to go back to the cross or that they're not even good enough to go to the cross from the start. Um, And they kind of just fool themselves and convince themselves that they're not good enough. And and it comes from a place of shame and guilt and I guess a bit of pride as well. And that fleshly, that fleshly um, attraction that we have to do things that is not in God's will. Mm. Yeah, and obviously, if you if you if you feel that your shame or guilt is greater than the gospel can handle, then it it also betrays a lack of understanding of the gospel. Um, yes. So yeah, good. Um, and then I, I suppose you can also say that some people, some Christians, don't share the gospel because of shame, because they're ashamed of the gospel. Like Paul says in you know sort of the opposite mm. of what Romans one verse sixteen, where Paul says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel." What is the power of yeah. God? Um, we, you know, some some Christians would have to admit, well, I am ashamed of the gospel because I don't, I don't always believe it's the power of God. Sort of the mm. opposite of it. Okay, uh, Lillian. I, I'm here, but I've got a black screen, but I can hear everything. I don't know what's happened with my technology, but anyway, I was just thinking. Um, we have to be very careful sometimes and not preach the do's and don'ts that you should do and what you shouldn't do. Because sometimes it hinders people of accepting the gospel, the pure gospel of Jesus, what he did for us. And it's you don't have to be good and you don't have to not sin and this and that. And I sometimes think that puts people off. I might be wrong, but that's my opinion. And also, if you share the gospel, 
You can't do the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Mm. He does it. Mm. It's the same when you minister to people. You can mm. only do so much and the Holy Spirit of God does the rest. You can walk away, pray for them, but you know the Holy Spirit of God will do the rest. Mm. Okay, so, so basically what you're saying, Lillian, is we should not uh, preach the gospel as good advice about what we must do to save ourselves. We yes. must preach the gospel as good news about what Jesus has done to save us. That's right. Okay, good. Um, I will make a comment in here. Just, um, I'm thinking of the rich young ruler when he came to Jesus to ask what he must do to enter the kingdom of God. And when, when Jesus said to him, well, go and sell your things because he knew what was standing between this guy and truly following God, um, and I'm, you know, I'm yeah. just reminded of the things, the stuff, the accomplishments, the yeah, um, yeah, you know, things you want to do or see or have or whatever, and then you'll follow Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, I just thought of that story. Uh, so uh, what you're saying is um, the thing that holds people back sometimes is that they value the things of the world too highly. Yeah, and absolutely. When they, yeah. And when they make that comparison between everything they have and the pearl of great price or the treasure of the kingdom mm. that they found, they say, well, all that I have is worth more than the kingdom. Therefore, I'm not going to sell all that I have. Yeah. To, you know, yeah. Like, so, yeah. Many people do that. Many people value the things of the world more highly than than the kingdom or the pearl of great price. Herman? Mm. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Um, yeah, I just want to add to what I think Lillian said as well, is that we shouldn't try to do the Holy Spirit's job. Um, but also just in my experience in outreaches is that we also shouldn't rely on the Holy Spirit to do our job. Is We sow the seed and that's actual sharing of the gospel and he then comes and brings conviction. Um, I think Paul speaks about us as yeah. co-workers. And it's the same with if we, we could pray for souls, but if nobody goes out and share the gospel, uh, it's not going to work. Um, I think just the, the one thing in terms of what's holding us back, I'm thinking of what John Piper said. He said it, and, and it's, I think it's his answer. The same thing now is John Piper said, good things actually keep more people out of heaven than evil things do. Um, and I think it's actually the good thing that we prioritize over our responsibility to share the gospel. And that's good things like family. It's good things like having ambition in your career other hobbies and interests. So it's it's not just the 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 smoking and drinking and sleeping around that keeps people out of heaven. It's actually us just having everything and then focusing on other things and not the gospel. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think Sorry. you know. Go go on, Lillian. I just think we have to make a big shift to the gospel the pure gospel to reach people now because I know there's a wave coming after this that's coming and it's the gospel that's going to bring them in. Amen. Nothing else. Yeah. Because everything has let people down. Everything. Amen. And but not the gospel. Amen. And I think some people didn't realize that they didn't hold on to the gospel and have let 
go of the pure gospel because they've got a bit lost at this time. Mm, I mean, my feeling at the moment. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And and also, um, you know, I was I was sharing this morning. I was I was doing a, a recording for for Aris here. Um, and talking about this discipleship. And um, when, when Jesus calls his disciples in, in, in Mark chapter 1, um, yes. every time it says, and they left their nets, or they left their father Zebedee and the hired workers, um, yes. you know, the, the gospel, you know, does require us to leave, to let go of something so that we can grab hold of something. And, and I think that's, that's part of what repentance is. You know, selling all that you have to, to, to gain the pearl of great price. You know, selling all that you have to buy the treasure in the field. Uh, leaving your nets and, and the thing, you know, those kinds of things behind so you can follow Jesus. Um, you know, and, and I think often uh, people are not willing to, to leave anything behind. And, and I think often, um, you know, the gospel, that part of the gospel that, um, you know, you cannot, you cannot believe the gospel you know, and other things. You cannot trust yeah, in the gospel yeah. and trust things. You've got to let go of your other, your trust in other things for salvation in order to grab hold of it, of the gospel, in order to grab hold of the kingdom. And I think that repentance is often not preached. Um, That's right. that, that call to repentance is often not clear enough. Um, I mean, one, one example that I can just think of is, um, Africa is probably the, the most evangelized continent in the world. Yeah. Um, and more people have responded to altar calls in Africa um, than on any other continent, bar maybe, you know, South America. But um, the, the, the actual nuts and bolts daily impact of the gospel is not seen as clearly as in many other places because so often people respond and say, Oh, yes, fine. You know, I, 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 obviously, you know, if Jesus is stronger than demons or if Jesus can heal me or if Jesus can save me and take me to heaven, obviously, I want to believe in him. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll take him and put him next to my ancestors and, you know, oh. the trauma and all the other things that I believe in. And I'll believe in Jesus, too. So I'm quite willing to believe in Jesus along with everything else I believe in. And, you know, people haven't repented. They, they say they believe, but they haven't repented. Um, and that's not an adequate response to the gospel. The gospel is all or nothing. Yeah. It's so true. Amen. So what I want us to do in closing is just each one of us, um, I just want you to just pray just for, for two or three minutes and just say, God, what is, what is preventing me? What is holding me back? from responding fully and adequately to the gospel. And then, you know, if the Holy Spirit shows you anything, or if the Holy Spirit has already shown you anything, just repent of it and just say, Lord, I just, I just repent of that fear or that lack of understanding or lack of appreciation or um, valuing the things of the world too highly uh, or fear of rejection or sh being ashamed of the gospel um, or any, whatever it is. Just, just say, Lord, I... I, I I repent of it. I let it uh, go. And I want to respond fully. I want to be sold out like his aunt said. So just in your own words, just, just you can keep yourself muted, but just pray and, and just do business with the Lord for, for, for the next two minutes or so. Yes, Lord God, we just come before you tonight and 
Lord, we just repent of everything that is holding us back, Lord, from making a from being sold out to the gospel and to the kingdom. Please forgive us, Lord, for um, being ashamed or afraid, Lord, um, for not understanding that the gospel is your power, the power of God, unto salvation for all who believe, Lord God, for um, valuing the things of the world too highly or desiring things of the world too much or desiring people's acceptance um, or to please people too much, Lord, of not being willing to make the sacrifices and, and to let go and repent of the things that we need to repent of, Lord, of sometimes believing the world when it says that the gospel is weakness or foolishness, Lord. Um, Lord, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, whatever is holding us back, Lord, from being totally sold out as the gospel, Lord, we, we as your church just come before you and we repent of those things, Lord God. And we pray, Lord, that like Paul, Lord, and uh, like so many others, Lord Luther and Hudson Taylor and all of those guys we spoke about, Smith Wigglesworth, and all of those guys we spoke about at the beginning, Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name that, that you'll help us, Lord, to be completely sold out to the gospel, Lord. Um, be willing to, to give up everything else for it, Lord, and to live as though the gospel and the kingdom is the great, are, are the, uh, Lord, as though that is the greatest treasure that there is and the only thing that we, we want to possess. And Lord, we, we just consecrate our hearts to you. We consecrate your church to you, Lord God. And we pray, Lord, that, that we, this generation of your church, Lord, will live in a way before the world that, that shows that we value the gospel, the, things, the thing that you value most above all else. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. I uh, hope it was encouraging and instructing to you. And uh, let's go out and, and live as though the gospel is the most precious thing. Amen. 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 Thank, Thank you. you. Bless you all. Bye. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.